It's a kind of a family Wherever I roam, up and way home That's where I long to be I'm a member of a Red Sox nation It's a kind of insanity Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity Make a smile November until opening day Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way That's when Red Sox Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox, ALDS, and now ALCS baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, this podcast can be found shortly after the conclusion of this broadcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, Player FM, Stitcher, and wherever you can find it on Google. Red Sox just wrapped up a what ended up being a four-game set against the New York Yankees, taking it three games to one. I am Terry Cushman, and I will be joined momentarily by Jeremy Schilling. Before the show gets started today, we just want you to uh, check out these, if I can uh, lift it up high enough, these FTY t-shirts. And if you're wondering what this stands for, fuck the Yankees. And... We are going to be giving away a free one to anybody who, uh, well, to one person, excuse me, who retweets this Periscope window. So if you want to hit uh, a free t-shirt here, retweet this Periscope box. Uh, they also have visors as well, as well as hats, hooded sweatshirts, but we, a t-shirt will be given away and that will be chosen the winner tomorrow morning and in the... In the text up above this box, uh, their website uh, can be found. I encourage everybody to check it out. They have some really unique uh, gear. If you hate the Yankees, doesn't matter if you're a Sox fan. Hating the Yankees is universal. So um, I think that's gear that uh, you know 99% of this league could uh, could wear. So check them out. Jeremy Schilling, how are you? I'm good, Terry, and remind me to give you my size after the show. <laughs> there will be no rigging of the uh, the the contest. <laughs> uh, yeah, All right, fine. Some people were saying Kimbrell was on the Yankees payroll. You know, speaking of rigging, felt like it. Yeah, not I that felt uh, like it there for a minute. Not that I uh, believe that, but um, Yankee Stadium is uh, his house of horrors and. Luckily, he uh, figures it out, and um, unlike uh, another pitcher on the Red Sox staff, who I'll try not to bash too much tonight, but we might have to discuss him briefly heading into the next series. Um, what's your heart rate right now? It's getting back to normal, Terry. Dur- during the uh, the Sanchez fly ball, I took a picture of my Fitbit. It was at 122, so that's a problem. I'm not gonna lie to you. That uh, that's probably unhealthy an unhealthy situation. I'm back down to 79. I'm doing a lot better. Well, 
we're happy to have you back down uh, at a at a normal heart rate. I don't know what mine was. I figure you know I'm gonna die sometime. May as well be during <laughs> the ninth inning with Craig Kimbrell on the mound. But um, all right, so um, what were your you thoughts, know, Terry? As as a as a fully functioning adult, it. It, like I shouldn't care about a game as much as I do, and I say to myself like it's just a game, and like you know it is what it is. And during that whole inning, I'm saying like even if he does give up the game winner here, we got to go back to Boston. The series isn't over, but in practicality, you know I'm a like I, I I mean I couldn't even I couldn't sit in my chair. I was all over the place. I just my heart rate was like I just sat out of control. I just it's, it's amazing how much I care how much I ride on every single pitch. And um, when it's happening, I absolutely hate it. And I I don't enjoy it whatsoever. Like, I don't enjoy it even the littlest bit. But once it's over, it's just this is the best feeling to have another series, to have another chance at the World Series. I, I, uh, now, that we're, now that it's done and the Yankees are dispatched, uh, I just couldn't be happier. Yeah, and, you know, I was having similar thoughts, you know, running scenarios through my head. You know, I try not to panic, and I try to have, an you know, an A, B, and C, you know, game plan in my head. And obviously, as a spectator, I'm completely powerless, but, powerless, but in every other aspect of my life, I try not to panic, and I, I try to move to the next scenario, and I'm like, you know, Sale pitched one inning, he'll start, you know, he'll, he should be fine w- with the off day tomorrow, and... But even with knowing he's going to start that game, it would have been an extremely agonizing 48 hours up until the start of that game. And I'm just glad I don't have to live through that, you know. Uh, We're there, and like I said in in one of my last tweets, you know, the John Farrell curse is over, and uh, it, it is a new era and we'll get into the Astros and what we think might or might not happen uh, towards the end. But um, I'm, I'm just happy to be there at this point. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I am too. I, I, I said the same thing privately that John, we're, we're finally rid of the fire feral era of the Boston Red Sox. Um, for whatever reason, and we've touched we've touched on it numerous times. There, w- this team performed differently under that manager, and the key guys just tightened up and couldn't get it done. And and tonight in the ninth inning, it almost seems like a a pretty sound metaphor where Kimberl comes out and is tight, promptly throws uh, four straight balls that I mean are not even close. And it's almost like, oh, my God, it's happening again. But under this guy, under this manager, and you can just see the way he watches a game and manages a game that he's just utterly relaxed and confident in his roster. And Kimbrell wasn't obviously great. I mean, maybe the understatement of the day, but it it was just a microcosm of although he was tight early, he found a way to get key outs. And, and ultimately give the Red Sox, you know, the, the necessary pitches to advance. So it's a microcosm of getting past the fire feral era. Um, I just think Cora is – and, and we're going to get to the moves and the lineup changes, and it seems like everything he did uh, turned to gold. 
Um, and and we're we you know you and I and all the other people you have on this podcast have constantly questioned. For example, no Holt tonight. While Kinsler hits the key double, has a couple plays defensively that he makes look easy, and there's really nothing to criticize him. Um, maybe, um, and I don't I don't think this, but I think we might hear a little bit of the. A sale was so dominant in the eighth. Let him pitch the ninth. Um, I, I don't subscribe to that, but I mean that may be the one thing we hear uh, going out of today and into tomorrow and towards the ALCS. So um, just well, couldn't be happier. Like I said, more relieved than anything else. I think with that situation specifically, he's just afraid to not use him. Like he he's afraid to snub and disrespect his closer and it's it's almost like a vote of no confidence and it, it would be bad optics and it, it in his mind and maybe you know every everyone else I, I knew I knew he was um, I knew Kimbrel was coming out whether I liked it or not and I knew he wasn't good in Yankee Stadium and I knew sale would probably go out there and and get those outs and um, but it, you know it is what it is. Well, well, so here's the situation with that. One is he's been your guy all year long, and there are times to deviate um, from your normal way of managing your roster. I don't think going away from your closer there is the right move. I, I it was the right move, but I didn't have like it didn't pass the eye test. But with that said, if you bring Sale out in the ninth, and let's say he gets trapped in the inning. And he's at another 15 pitches and now, so he threw 14. So let's say he's at 29, 30 pitches. You now have to pull him and put Kimbrell in with men on base, and we know Kimbrell has control problems. Then you also are jeopardizing Sale's ability to pitch if we if, if we do have to go pitch a game five. So I understand that people are going to complain about it. I just frankly think that it was the clear-cut 100% right move that if Kimbrell actually came out and threw some strikes, we may never have to talk about it. But because he struggled so mightily and in such a key situation, it's going to be a topic of conversation. But that doesn't change the fact, in my mind, that Cora, like everything he did in this series, that was the right move. Yeah, I mean, game 162 in 2016 um, was at Yankee Stadium, and then... Kimbrell gave up. I don't know if it was a grand slam, but it, it was definitely a walk off. He gave it up to Mark Teixeira, and that's how the um, that's how that season ended at Yankee Stadium, and that kind of started a, a little bit of a you know a trend for Kimbrell. And um, you know that postseason was meaningless. I don't think the bullpen ever had a lead uh, in the three games we were swept, so we didn't get to see him there. And and you know we we know how last postseason ended and. He showed some real tenacity at, uh, I think it was the end of game one, wasn't it, of the of this ALDS? He had a really high-pressure ninth inning and, and uh, kept it together pretty well. And so I, I was kind of hoping he could just kind of build off of that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call this a success tonight or a bad outing or whatever, but we, we got through it. And... Um, We'll see if he takes any criticism, but I think he he had to he had to stick by his guy there, and and that's what he did, whether we like it or not. Well, Terry, that was that's this is going to be one of those more uh, rare moments when you and I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, and and I and I'm going to tell you this. Okay, 
he struggled. He did not obviously have his stuff. I mean, he had his D plus stuff at best. It, it was but nerves, he though. Three it, outs. He still got the three outs. I mean, you know, do you know how easy it would have been for him to pipe a fastball to Sanchez for him to line in the gap and then to go back to Boston? But he didn't do that. He made some quality pitches. The 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 pitch to end the game was never going to end at a base hit. You know, that was a good pitch. Um, you know, you could maybe say Sanchez on the fly ball to Benintendi maybe missed that pitch a little bit. But it's so easy, and you see it all the time where guys that struggle never find enough to get out of an inning. And I give Kimbrell a, a ton of credit to get out of that inning, despite the fact that what, whether it was by nerves or stuff, he didn't clearly have it. It was nerves. I mean, he almost he Five, walked six. the first guy. He almost hit Didi, and then he did hit um, Neil Walker. It Walker. Was, it, yeah. was, it was nerves for me. But anyway, let's go back to the beginning of the game because, you know, there was a, a bit of a frenzy, and, of course, I didn't, I didn't help it any. Um, it, you know, as people reacted to the lineup, a lot of people really wanted Brock Holt in the lineup tonight. I mean, I, I guess I preferred him over Nunez, even if, I mean, Nunez wasn't really hitting either. He did have a couple of hits tonight, so I guess it worked out. But, um, but even just for the defense of, of Holt, I would have kept him in there because Sabathia was going to have to come out eventually. And, and more likely than not, it was going to be early, and it was early. And uh, other than Britain being in there a couple innings, I just I would have preferred Holt. And I definitely would have preferred him late in the game once Nunez took that last at-bat. So... That wasn't my biggest thing. We'll get to my biggest thing, but uh, that worked out, and there was also an opportunity to put Holt in uh, instead of Kinsler. I might have done that as well, but Kinsler was 3-for-9 career on Sabathia. I don't know how recent any of that was, but... I, you know, I still would have leaned towards Holt, but uh, that wasn't my big thing. But what was your reaction to that specifically? Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily a Holt, you know, bandwagon guy. I think he has a role in this team. I think the key to his role is his versatility and his ability to come in into into a middle of a game and make a difference, make an impact. So I wasn't necessarily you know, I didn't feel the need to take a position. Um, I just thought it was odd that they they made the move to Vasquez clearly for offensive purposes, like you said, because Por- you know Leon is Porcello's guy. So they went and changed the battery mate, which is you know probably the biggest thing you can do to affect a game. For offense in, in Vasquez, it's not like it's a great upgrade. It's a moderate upgrade, but it's an upgrade. So you do that, and you affect Porcello's ability to pitch to the guy he feels the most comfortable with, but then you don't put Holt in the lineup who's your hottest hitter. So, like I said, I didn't necessarily hate it. I didn't really take a position against it before the game. I just thought it was odd that they made the move to f- at catcher for offense, but they didn't make that same move with Holt. Yeah. You know, ultimately, Nunez actually played good defense tonight. I mean, it, it it's almost ironic that he makes the, the slow roller play to win the game and send us to the ALCS, <laughs> like, you know, because he'd been so bad in his last start. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I, I and Cora has such a – obviously, all right, 
no one can say at this point that that Cora doesn't have the pulse of this team and know what's best for this team. I mean, during the broadcast and who knows what, you know, where they got the information, but they said he texted Kinsler last night at the hotel and said, you're our guy tomorrow at second base. So he was decisive. He knew what he felt he felt was best. And then Kinsler goes out and gets the, gets the big hit. So like, I know it's, it's cliche to say like with the Patriots and Bill, we trust or with the Celtics, it's like, all right, well, Danny Ainge knows what he's doing. So how can we really, you know, criticize him? And I'm kind of getting to that point with Cora in this postseason where everything he touches turns to gold. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I just frankly thought it was odd that he went Vasquez, but not Holt. Yeah, I, I, I got to have a, you know, sort of a love hate relationship with him. And today it was a lot of hate. But, um, you know, the if Holt doesn't hit that cycle last night, whether you want to call it legitimate or not, where the home run was off Romine, I, I call it legit, but, um, but that that's the only reason it was really notable that he was not in the lineup. And you say you're not really a Holt guy. I wasn't a Holt guy until recently. He does go on that disgusting run every year where he's hitting 400 for three weeks or so. and um, But he always falls off. Like, he's not built to play 162 games. He is a utility guy, and... He's probably more optimal at 100 to 110 games per season. And I thought Alex Cora really managed him perfectly all season. I mean, he had those two games off the bench where he hit those clutch go-ahead home runs. And he just he's just playing really well. And, and I give Cora a lot of credit for that. And... You know, if I, it surprised me he wasn't going to be in the lineup. And like I said, I really would have preferred him as as the defensive replacement late in the game. And and you talk about that last play where you're just waiting for Nunez to screw it up. And we were talking, you know, off the air uh, a little while ago. And I told you I, di- I couldn't even look. I turned my head away because I'm waiting for that ball to sail into the fence or into the seats <laughs> and uh luckily you know that didn't happen and uh all's well that ends well but uh i didn't like that the one thing i did not like was the vasquez move because he hasn't caught kimbrell uh excuse me he hasn't caught porcello since spring training sandy leone is rick porcello's guy and rick porcello does not win the cy young without sandy leone he had vasquez and ryan hannigan catching him the first two and a half months through the 2016 season his era was over four for that two and a half months pairs them up with uh leone and you know, the rest is history as far as that season goes. He wins the Cy Young. That's something I just don't want to mess with. There's always a calmness, you know, when when Sandy's the catcher. And he made some killer defensive plays uh, in game one, especially when the bullpen came in because Barnes kept spiking him into the dirt. And I think somebody else was. And he's got a better arm at this point. His... His velocity is like seven or eight miles an hour higher than Christian Vasquez. So at this point, he's he's as good, if not better, than Christian Vasquez is defensively, in my opinion. Is he is he going to hit? Probably not. But 
I don't mess with chemistry there. And Vasquez, you know, it, it, for four innings, it worked brilliantly. You know, they cruised through it, and I was thinking, I was thinking, wow, geez, you know, Porcello, even with Vasquez, might go, might go eight innings tonight. I mean, he got through, he. He got into the fifth in under 50 pitches, and and then before you knew it, it, it was 70-something pitches, and it just it just started to unravel that third time through. And you go back to, like I was saying earlier, the recent start, August 3rd, nine innings, one hit, which ended up being a solo home run by Gregorius. And you can say, oh, Judge wasn't in that lineup, and... Uh, Sanchez wasn't, but Judge was really a non-factor tonight with Porcello, and uh, Sanchez, I think, did hit a double, which wasn't of any real consequence. But um, And then in April, he went seven uh, innings scoreless. So this is a lineup. It's a do-or-die, free-swinging, home-run-hitting, launch-angle lineup, and he just... He seems to hit his spots really well, keeps the ball up in the zone. And, I mean, this this game could have been a lot less stressful. You know, had he gone at least one more inning, it would have changed the, the whole dynamic of the game. And I just didn't think it was necessary to put Vasquez in there. All right, so to to just compartmentalize your your, your – commentary there and to, and to put a button on Holt. I am I don't hate Holt, all right? I'm just not the type of guy who's pining for the backup quarterback. Right? So there there's that fan that's always like you know the backup quarterback or you, you know the the utility guy that that is good in that role so they want to see him every day. I I, I just don't need to see Holt every day. In the playoffs, I do think that you ride your hot bat. So I mentioned how Kimbrell has been pitching the ninth. He's your closer. He's your guy. He, in that circumstance, he stays your guy. But in the playoffs, you ride your hot bats. And he again, I just found it odd that he did it with Vasquez, but not Holt, uh, especially where Holt is actually a defensive upgrade over Nunez. He's not a defensive upgrade over Kinsler. So I just found it odd. I didn't hate the move. Again, I, I felt like Cora was going to make the right decision. So while I was questioning the Vasquez move and not the Holt move, I, I didn't necessarily hate it. And ultimately, I think I was proven right because, um, you know, Kinsler got a big hit. Nunez played well. So, you know, it just is what it is uh with regards to Holt uh, obviously they didn't have a need for him late in the game and he's never going to play defensively for Kinsler so he he didn't play tonight it didn't hurt him i mean it just i mean unless he was going to hit three bombs it just didn't hurt him um to get to the Vasquez Leon situation i i fundamentally just disagree with this whole battery mate bullshit all right, and we've talked, you know, and I, I've come out pretty strong about are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're hurt and you can pitch and you can get outs, I don't care, you know. And I don't care if David Price is a good guy. I just want him to get outs, right? And I don't care if Leon gives you the warm and, 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 and comfy feeling before you pitch. If what's best for the team is that Vasquez is catching, then that's what's best for the fucking team. I don't want to hear 
that Leon gives you the warm and fuzzies. I don't give a fuck. It's it, it you're a professional athlete. Like get over that happy horseshit. And I and, and it, it's the pussification of the of, of the professional. Athlete. It just pisses me off to no end. There's absolutely no question tonight that Vasquez was the better option. Okay, timely hitting, and then and then by the way, the proof is in the pudding because the guy hits a fucking home run to right field tonight. And I know it's a Yankee uh, Stadium home run, but it's a home run, and ultimately that was the winning run because they won run they won a run one game. So look, I just have no use for it. Okay, now Leon in, in sixteen when when Porcello got got uh, won the Cy Young, Leon was hitting like four twenty for sixty days. It was unbelievable. All right, and you know. Fine. I mean, he won a Cy Young. It's still the guy throwing the ball, and I just don't buy into this 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 mantra of like the guy catching it has any say. Because Porcello will shake a guy off, all right, and he and he'll throw what he wants to throw. And by the way, for the first four innings today, for whatever reason, Vasquez was able to help help Porcello survive the first four innings. And then, by the way, I don't think it has anything to do with the way he received the ball or called the game. Porcello stopped making pitches in the fifth. He just he wasn't as sharp. And I give Cora a lot of credit for not trying to seek another inning out of a guy, frankly, that just, you know, it's 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 a big game. And, and in the regular season, there's no question he comes out for the sixth. But in this situation, and by the way, he knew that he was going to go to sale. We didn't know that. So he knew he was going to get an inning out of sale. And you could bring a guy in when it's four to one in a lower leverage situation where you bring him in the six, he gives up a run, and now the bullpen's pitching in an immediate high leverage situation. So I, I just I, I don't have a way I don't have any issue with the way it was handled. Um, and and just so there's you know, it's pretty clear. I think Leon stinks. So and I don't think he's better than Vasquez defensively. You said six or seven miles per hour on his uh, velocity, I'd like to see that, you know, I'd like to see that in some sort of, you know, some some information that backs that up because Vasquez has quicker feet. I think, frankly, that he makes plays look easier so he doesn't get the same amount of credit. Um, and, and, and Leon, to his credit, did look awesome. And Barnes sucked in that game, and so did the rest of the bullpen. And he was making plays, uh, you know, Odell Beckham style, where he was just diving all over the place, making plays he shouldn't have made. You know, Vasquez made a stop. I think it was against Sanchez on a slider away. And that pitch was not close. And Vasquez moved his feet and blocked it. And the ball was literally blocked right in front of his throwing hand. And I just remember watching that going, wow, did he make that look easy? And not only did he make it look easy, but he put the ball like where he knew he could go grab it and throw it if he had to. So it's not I, – I just I, – I don't understand the Leon infatuation with the pitching staff. Obviously, I'm not in the clubhouse. I'm not a player. I get it. And there's some – you know, maybe he just calls a better game and he's more in tune with what they want to throw on a pitch-to-pitch basis. But, like, I'm sorry, Vasquez is – at least for now, and this is subject to a game – by game analysis, at least for now, Vasquez is what's best for the Boston Red Sox to win games in the 2018 playoff run. Well, like you said, I mean, we're, we're universes apart here, and um, I do have the numbers of the velocity up here, and I'll get to that right at the very end. But David Price sucked until uh, Sandy Leone took over for him. 
And Chris Sale has gone on record saying, I have full confidence in Sandy Leone, and I'm going to throw whatever he calls. He's never, ever one time shaken off Sandy Leone. He says, I can get batters out with any pitch Sandy Leone calls. Rick Porcello, been in the pros since 2008, says he's the greatest game caller of all time. So I don't really care what our comfort zones is. What's important to me is that the pitchers on the mound are comfortable. And and the stats and the trends support that. So and they want so Sandy So why have – okay, and, and, and – one reason why I love coming on this podcast is because you and I can disagree. So, so what I first of all, Sale looked pretty good with Vasquez tonight. Um, they did not feel the need to go to Leon in the eighth inning. Um, so, you know, and I get and I get that, and I and I and I did play baseball, um, but I uh, but I didn't pitch, so I don't understand that battery mate relationship. And I'll admit I'll admit that to you, and I and I probably undervalue that. Um, it just the Red Sox committed to Vasquez for three years in the offseason. They have not committed to Leon, so it just it, it, it there's some something I don't get, and I'll admit I'll admit that it's it's most likely me. There's something I don't get about the value of Vasquez versus Leon. Well, it's they've been riding the hot hand. I mean, coming out of the 2016 season, Sandy Leone was the catcher. But guess what? Christian Vasquez swung a good bat last year, hit well over 300 for most of the year, and then the the average came back down to earth. It was 270, 280 something at the end. But and a lot of it wasn't for power. A lot of it was bloop, you know, singles to the outfield. But whatever, they were hits. He got on base. So. They committed to him, and I, I, I wasn't really against it. I wasn't really against it at the time, but guess what? This year he falls on his face. Sandy Leone reemerges, you know, as as a good, you know, battery mate, as as you like to call it, and and he he won the job for most of the year. He was he was catching three out of five starts, and then there was this disgusting streak that started sometime in late June, carried through August, sometime where where the Red Sox won, I don't know how many straight, it was in the 20s, I think, games in a row, or maybe it was like 18 out of 20, something like that, games where Sandy was the catcher, and whenever whenever Vasquez came in, they didn't want, win, and it, it might have had nothing to do with him necessarily, but for some reason, it was working out with Sandy, and... It, it was just a weird well, I, situation. I, I remember it being Vasquez's spot until he broke his hand. And maybe I maybe I'm maybe I'm revising history a little bit, and so I'll admit that I'd, I'm not immediately recalling, you know, who had the last uh, run of starts up until that hand injury or finger injury. Um, but I, 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 you know, and there's a reason why Cora went to him in the last two days, despite the fact that Porcello does prefer Leone. He wanted so offense. I, I, that that was what it was. Yeah, but I just I yeah. didn't value it the same way that that Cora did. I just I'm a chemistry guy and. The, the proof is in the pudding. Um, so here we go with the uh, velocity thing, just so I can get rid of it. Uh, Sandy Leone, 82.2 miles an hour, and that's lower than what I remember it. But So he's ninth overall in the league among catchers. So let's find Vasquez. 
And while you're looking for that, apparently I will just say the more important stat, stat is the pop time. Uh, that's on the here, pop. too. Okay, well, yeah, let's go with the pop time. Uh, all right, so um, that, that still puts Sandy um, ninth overall. Hang on, let me see. So 1.97 seconds, I'm assuming, is what that is. Yep. And uh, let's uh, see, Vasquez is just way down. I'm not even seeing him. I wonder if it just came down to number of games. Yeah, he's not even in the top 49. Maybe he didn't qualify because of the injury. He was the lowest on the team, and Swihart was even higher. Let's not – because I've come out strong with Vasquez, let let me take a step back because I don't want to understate Leon. Leon obviously has a role in this team, and I'm not sitting you saying sitting here saying he shouldn't be a Red Sox or he shouldn't be on the 25 man roster. That's not what I'm saying. I just think Vasquez is more athletic, better offensively, and I mean the Red Sox I think feel the same way because again they've committed to him and they haven't committed to Leon, and they love Swihart. I mean that that whole thing with the agent in the middle of the year. Uh, they chose Swihart specifically over other roster positions, um, and, and I think there's a reason for that. I, and I don't know. And I, we're getting more outside of the ALCS and the ALDS and more into like general Red Sox roster moves. But like, I feel like Leon doesn't isn't long for this team. I think they're they're poised to go with Swihart and Vasquez. So you know, I, I just and I, I I do like Leon. I thought and I I said it two nights ago or three nights ago. I thought he was awesome. In uh, game one, but I just I feel like Vasquez gives them the better chance, and that and 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 the whole point comes down to why are you going to go with Vasquez for offense and not Holt? So you know, but but I think we pretty much hammered that that home, um, you know. So I, you know, unless you have anything else, I say let's move on to the next topic. Leon's uh, not a free agent until twenty twenty one, so there shouldn't really need to be any urgency there. And if, what, what's the money on him? Do you have it? Um, well, he's not arbitration eligible until next year. He made one basically two million this year, one point nine five zero million. Um, so well, that I mean, obviously different. So he will be here. Well, I mean, you figure sales here next year. Porcello's here next year, so I, I mean he's here for as long as they're here, basically, and you know, and then who who knows what happens after that? And Swihart really is the best offensive option. I mean, they're not going to go to him in the playoffs, ha- not having him, you know, caught all year long. But his defense seemed to be getting a little better, and um, you know, so who knows? I mean, may, he could he could be. He could be a future catcher on this team. They they held on to him for a reason. So, um, yeah, so who knows? I mean, like I said, it, it's year to year. I mean, maybe Vasquez has a 2017-type year next year, and now he's catching three out of every five. You know, it, it just it all depends. But like you said, we'll, uh, we know where we stand on that, so we'll just, we'll just move on. Um the one thing I wanted to talk about, Terry, um, is Sale coming out and getting three outs and 14 pitches tonight in the eighth inning. Um, we talked about some of the concerns with his shoulder last time I was on your podcast. To me, not only the fact that the Sox were willing to do it, 
But the way he performed tonight really, really lowers my blood pressure with what I expect from him in the ALCS. Now we get him in game one, so we, we can see him three times if we have to in the ALCS. Um, I don't know if you feel differently, but I, I that did give me the warm and fuzzies, seeing him, one, get up, get in the game, and then perform the way he did. I think he's healthy. I think he's ready to dominate. And, uh, and I'll tell you right now, there's no chance we beat the Astros without him probably winning two games and maybe having a role in a third. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And um, let me just touch on a couple of things, and then we can talk about the Astros specifically. Um, I was concerned about his health before the first game. When his velocity went up to 95, I kind of backed off of the health concerns and just was worried about rust, you know, because he didn't have a ton of innings, you know, since he came back. And they, they tried to ease him in, and... 40 pitches, I mean, that's not really a lot to work on some stuff. And then they elevated it to, like, 65. And he wasn't giving up runs, but you could tell he was laboring a little bit more in those rehab starts. And then he looked, I mean, the strikeouts were there game one. But, unfortunately, he he came out in the sixth, didn't he? I think he went, what, five and one-third, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it it was just a matter of rust, and he looked pretty dialed in today. And and if that continues, you know, then I feel pretty good about it. But I'll tell you this though, I was the reason why I picked the the Yankees, and I haven't really eaten crow on that yet. But I I obviously picked the Yankees to win in four, and the reason why I picked them to win in four was because I thought Chris Sale, if healthy, could win Game One. And if he if he just didn't give up many runs early, and we put up some runs, I just figured we could probably we could probably skate through that game with a win, and that's exactly what we did. And it was dicey coming into Houston here. We not only need him to to pitch well and to hopefully give us at least six innings per start, seven would be great. But we have to fire on all cylinders. Chris Sale himself being solid is not going to get it done against that team. Ryan Presley, their setup man, only two earned runs since July 11th. And Marce, uh, excuse me, R- Roberto Osuna has, has closed very well. We do have his number, so... I wouldn't be shocked to see some ninth inning heroics against him because he was with Toronto for a few years and there's a decent enough sample size there. But the rest of that team is so solid and I just, I'm not even going to make an official pick on it because it's not going to be the Red Sox, but, but I think we can win. You know, and I think we match up better with them. I mean, we split the first series and then lost two out of three the second time, but Cora was kind of managing the team, you know, awkwardly because we had a lead. And, and that and had, that was one of Sale. I think that was one of Sale's initial extended spring training games where he came out and threw like 35 or 50 pitches. So, look, here's how I look at it, Terry. Sale has to be dominant, right? And I'm not talking about six innings. I'm talking about dominant innings, like six or seven dominant innings. So you get to the bullpen with a lead. Right. It's 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 not the innings themselves. It's where when he leaves the game, what are your chances to win? Right. So that that's what it's more about. 
I, I there's no chance we win the series if Sale isn't great. Okay, because they are great. They're they they have the most even lineup in Major League Baseball. They are scary one through nine basically. Um, where we have flaws with the back half of our our lineup in the bullpen, they seemingly don't. Uh, they're so deep. They have what th- I mean, Verlander, Keuchel. Um, I mean, they seemingly have like three aces. So it's a, and and Price being such a you know puddle and piece of shit, you don't know what you're going to get from him. But and, and I would like to actually talk about what, what you see his role to be in that series. But before we get to that. If Price can win his two starts, you only have to find a way to win two games Sale doesn't pitch in. And the way Valdi and Porcello performed in this series gives me hope that we can find a way to win two non-Sale starts. So, I, you know, I don't necessarily pick the Red Sox to win this series. But I also don't rule out that they have a decent enough chance to win the whole thing. Now, getting back to the fact that you should eat crow on your Yankees selection. <laughs> you know, I, I'm all about pointing and laughing when people are really wrong and there's, like, no basis for it. Um, I don't see that here. Um, I think I told you that my my prediction, which is kind of like a cop-out, was the Sox could sweep, the Yankees could sweep, and it could be any result in between. So I don't feel like you owe an explanation to Sox fans. Um, now, unless you were doing it to just be the contrarian, you know, a la the, the, the Maserati, as I would call it, um, then I then you don't owe any explanation to anybody because, you know, they have the better lineup. They, they had the better bullpen. And, you know, we have David Price on our team. <laughs> so, you know, it just... I, I don't think you could have predicted Evaldi and Porcello being as good as they were. And, you know, the timely hitting and the blowout win. And, and there were things that happened that, that just went a, across the strengths of the teams. Or not across. That went counter to the strengths of the respective teams. And so for that, it went Sox and four, which, you know, makes me right because I basically didn't make a prediction. It makes you wrong. But I, I don't know that that's you know that that you know you know quote unquote have to eat crow yeah i mean people are going to give me shit and and that's totally fine but i knew david price was an automatic loss i was being a little facetious when i picked one and two thirds but i did i mean that was entirely possible i thought and well so possible that it actually fucking happened it, it did happen and what really as i said in that live stream it was like an 8 minute live stream but the Yankees hadn't lost a game in Yankee Stadium since the 2015 wild card. And yeah, they didn't make the playoffs in 20, uh, 2016. But in 2017, the Astros couldn't beat them at home. The Cleveland Indians could not beat the Yankees at home. Those were two very robust lineups. And they, you know, they beat the Twins. And then what really sold me was the wild card game against Oakland. And I know they live and die by the home runs and they're, you know, that makes them a little easy to pitch around, but just watching that crowd and watching how Severino kind of responded to it and was just absolutely lights out and just with all of that and then David Price, I just figured I'm like there's just no way we're going to be even 
after two games if we're lucky. And if Sale's healthy, I didn't know that 100% at the time. And then I well, just I just figured the Yankees were going to beat us in games three and four. And I'm glad to be wrong. <laughs> I'm glad to be wrong the about thing, that. The thing you couldn't account for, and you could feel it through the TV, was the Red Sox scoring first was monumental. Yeah, as it that turned deflated, out. That deflated not only the the players, but the stadium just seemingly lost its personality, you know, just just by scoring first. And, and you know, you, you, know, you hear these stats, like there's some like a 72 and, you know, whatever, 16 or, or some ridiculous stat when they score first or whatever it is. But um, it really rang true in these two games. And I, and I hearken back to that four-game sweep in New York, um, I think it was August when there were two games or three games in first place, and it really catapulted them to the lopsided, um, you know, AL East lead. This team, and I, people are seemingly losing track of it, but this team does seem special. And I'm not talking about the fact that they won 108 games because I, I agree with you. I think the number of wins in the in, in the regular season is irrelevant. Uh, it's the way the the roster is constructed to to compete in October. But this team does have that you know something you can't you know necessarily tangibly put your finger on. They clearly care about each other. They clearly are playing for each other. And there's just something about this team that that suggests that they're capable of playing above what they what you would expect on paper. And I thought that really shone through, you know, in the in the two games in, in Yankee Stadium and winning this series and and I, and I know you may scoff at this because I think, you know, we just see things differently generally. But I think that's what gives them a chance against the Astros. I mean, on paper, they should lose the series. On paper, they're not as talented. But they're going to go in there thinking that they have a chance to win and that they're the better team. And I think it gives them a chance. And maybe it's a 40% chance or a 35% chance, uh, 35% chance or a flip of a coin. But there's something about this team that you can't necessarily put their finger on that is factoring in in this run. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – like I said, I do feel a little bit better about this Astros series than I, I did the Yankees. And that's weird because, the you know, the rotation for Houston is, is definitely, you know, way better than New York's. And – um, their bullpen, I don't know if it's as good as New York's, uh, but it's good, and, and the lineups are, are good. And, but the thing I, I like to go back to is I like to kind of compare it to the 2013 postseason with, you know, we knew, we knew we were on a collision course all year long with the Tigers, and they had Verlander, who obviously – you know, was one of the best in the game, only two years removed from his um, Cy Young. They had Max Scherzer, who who won the Cy Young that year, and they had Anibal Sanchez, who led the league in ERA. And and then they had some monster mashers, you know, uh, Cabrera. They had Prince Fielder, who turned out to be kind of a bust anyway in the postseason. But heading into the series, Tory Hunter, Tory Hunter, yeah, Victor Martinez was a very good hitter still. Um, so 
I favored, I did favor Detroit going into that series, and then they beat us the first I did, game. I did too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel a little bit similar. We don't have, you know, we don't have the bullpen stability because Breslow, that was probably the best year of his career, and he was really good in the first two rounds of the postseason. And then uh, Tazawa, very good. They, they always brought him in against uh, Cabrera for whatever reason. He had his number. And then Koji had one of the best, if not the best, season of all time. I still don't know where that ranks. I know it was that one was better than any single season Mariano ever had with the Yankees. But it was just, you know, I, I had a lot more comfort in the bullpen. And, you know, Sale, uh, excuse me, uh, Lester and Lackey, aren't quite sale in price, you know, during the regular season, but they're, they're two guys that could always handle October and always rose to the occasion. And, um, and Lester did kind of go on to, I think Lester's a hall of famer. I, I don't have his numbers up in front of me, but I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Um, but yeah, but so that, that's kind of what I go back to. And we were the number one offense that year as well. And, I just hope I just hope it's the same. And the other thing too that nobody really talks about, Alex Cora knows that Astros team inside and out. AJ Hinch doesn't know the Red Sox inside and out. So that could be an advantage. And Francona won the World Series his first year, so did Farrell. You know, there's an interesting trend there. You know, Valentine didn't, but I like to pretend that year didn't happen anyway. It was only one year, so um but I think we can, and like you said, we're not favored. But if the stars align, we do have home field. That you know, we have that. So um, it just depends. What's prices roll so, going to be? Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Um, it, it should be the bullpen, right? Not that we have a great no. number two, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna start a game. He's I gonna think, at least get. He's going to at least get one start in that series. I'd be surprised if he didn't. And because, go ahead. Well, I just going to say, at the no, no, I'm, I agree. I'm, but I, I don't think it's right, is what I'm saying. He will start. I mean, so, Cora's been so right in the ALDS that I, I, I'm going to defer, and I know this is kind of like, hey, Jeremy, we're on a podcast where you're supposed to give a take, so you can't just agree with the manager. Well, I get that. Um but if they decide to go in the bullpen, then I'm going to agree with it. Um, and I, and there's going to be reasons that maybe we don't know. You know, maybe you know whatever it is. Maybe his hands tingling because he started playing Fortnite again. I don't know. But he's going to get a start. And I think what they're going to do is chalk it up to the fact that now that the Yankees are out of it, they don't have to worry about that 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 price Yankees mystique anymore. Now, you and I are both going to immediately jump on the fact that he just sucks balls in the playoffs, and he's not going to give you a chance. And I'm going to tell you right now, the next start, if it's a complete dud, he's done. You can't you can't put him in anything but a middle leverage bullpen you know, spot. You just can't. So you can make a mistake in a game seven and start him and lose and still win the series. Again, I, I chalk it up to the fact that if, if sale wins his two starts, you got to find two wins 
that are in games that he doesn't start, and I think they can do that, um, especially because I think obviously if it gets to he's going to start game one and four. Is that how it works out? One and four, a one and, and then five. he'll be one and five, and then you know he'll be available if they get to a game seven. He probably won't start it, but he'll you know he'll be in a role like he was tonight. So I just think if you can win the two sales starts, you got you just you just got to win the two other. Um, I. Evaldi's obviously going to get one of the starts. Porcello, I think, is going to get game four. I don't know. I don't know, man. The guy's $31 million. I just don't know how you don't you don't start him. I, I And and who's going to start in a spot if he doesn't? Yeah. You, Rod? Please. Well, I think, Please. like you said. Uh, I mean, so. I... Oh, go ahead. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Did I lose you? No, well, one is your your audio. Your audio all of a sudden is not good. But I, I just I, – I, I don't – he's – he's look, we've talked about this. You think I'm a price guy. I'm not a price guy. I don't think I you're a price guy. I see his value. I, I see his value in the regular season. And so um, – and I under – I just think he has to start that game because if you're going to win a World Series, he's going to have to be David Price at some point. If you're going to win a World Series at some point, he's going to break the streak of losses as a starting pitcher in the playoffs. And I don't think he's necessarily going to do it. I mean, my any optimism I had for David Price is is just absolutely gone. And if you listen to the podcast three nights ago where I think I spent an hour completely eviscerating him, I'm on record about that. But I hope I'm wrong, and if and if I am wrong, then I think this team can still win a World Series. So, um, you know, I think he gets the game. I think he gets game two, uh, and I think, I think if he's not terrible, I think if he can find a way to pitch five meaningful innings, he gets game six. I mean, it, it like it makes my skin crawl just saying it. But um, I, if you're going to win a World Series, he's got to be a part of it now. If he stinks, then who do you go to? I mean, Erod Erod is not Erod has not shown that he's the answer, and I, I, I just you know maybe he is. I don't know, but whatever you do away from Price gives you really a, a, a difference without a distinction in my mind. Yeah, I, right. As you were you know going through this, I was actually pulling up some numbers right now. Um, and like you you said, I think we can agree Price needs to start game um, two. Is my audio okay? No, it's not. It's not. All right, let me disconnect with you and uh, reassess. No, what? no, now it is. Now it is. We're good. Oh, I know what my problem is. I uh, I shouldn't have been on Wi-Fi on this. But uh, no, just, yeah, you sound great now. Okay, um, I, you've been clear. Good radio, the whole time. good radio there. But yeah, you sound good. <laughs> okay, right. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so I have some numbers up here that I was literally just uh, compiling. Erod only one start against Houston, uh, which was actually in September. Three and a third gave up six hits, five earned runs. I think that start was right after his brilliant start right off the DL so he kind of crapped the bed there that was his only start Rick Porcello two starts against Houston this year five and two-thirds was the more recent one he gave up seven hits four earned runs not great there earlier in the year he went six and one-third gave up five hits 
three runs, only two of them earned. So that tells me um, he's probably your game three or four starter. I'm pulling up Nathan Avaldi right now, but I don't know that he... So while you pull up the stats, this is how I handle it. I have sale in game one with Porcello available in the bullpen. I have Price in game two. I have Avaldi in game three, and I have Porcello in game four. And obviously what happens in those four games is going to dictate the balance of the series. But then I have Sale in game five. Porcello will not be expected to pitch in that game, but in game six and seven, Porcello will be available. Game game six goes to Price slash Avaldi. And then if it's if it is Price, I Avaldi gets game seven with all hands on deck, including Price, including Sale, including Porcello. Um, and that's just how I see it. I, I, Erod will be available as probably your primary left-handed reliever all series long. I don't have any desire to see him start a game. And I don't see the upside because in the regular season, when the leash is just frankly longer, he, he tops out at five innings, right? So I just don't need the constant falling behind in counts and the high leverage situations brought on by his own inability to throw strikes in the playoffs. And based on the ALDS, these are the four, I mean, subject to price, but these are the four guys that I think give you the best chance to win. The other thing, why the other reason why I feel that way is because there's no left-handed bullpen guy. I mean, Dabrowski has completely fucked this bullpen all year long. We've talked about it repeatedly. Erod, your left-handed arm in the bullpen. You can't start him. You can't because if you start him, you can't throw him the game or two before, and you can't throw him the game or two after, assuming he actually throws a hundred pitches. So I don't. And I and honestly. Based on the way he was using the ALDS, and there was no conversation of him starting a game, I have Erod as your left-handed bullpen arm uh, going forward, including through the World Series, unless something changes, and again, subject to that sack of shit, David Price. Yeah, and I got the Evaldi stats. He only had one start against Houston, and that was while he was still with Tampa. Let's see, that was his fifth start. Uh, coming off of Tommy John, he went six full innings, seven hits, four earned runs. Slightly better than Erod, so I guess you do go with him, and your theory is interesting. You may as well just leave him in the pen, uh, Erod. Um, I don't really... Well, who else is your left-handed... Who else is your... i got to bring up at the Astros lineup. So... Who else is your left-handed, you know, arm to come in and get lefties out? And again, I don't have the lineup right in front of me, but I don't think we have um, one. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. that's that. So you have your concerns with his ability to pitch effectively and get through five innings, you know, without creating himself high-leverage situations because you know he's going to fall behind. You know he's going to walk guys. And then on the other side of it, it's like, well, there's no one else in the bullpen. So you mean? You know, and I mean, despite the Sanchez home run, um, and I can't believe they threw him in the ninth inning last night in a 16-1 to game. I, I think that might have been some sort of message. Um, but 
I, I just see that that that's going to be his role. And and again, we they 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 you know the Red Sox publicly talked about Avaldi in this game or Porcello in that game, and where's Price going to slot in once he fell apart? Um, at no point did Erod come up in any of those conversations. So I just don't see that the the, the Red Sox see that that he's going to have a role beyond the bullpen moving forward. Yeah, and I I mean I think you're right. I think you're right. The the bad news also with Avaldi is that in 12 starts with the Red Sox, uh only 3 of them did he um pitch 6 full innings. So, um unfortunately, I'm Well, just... look. You know, some people have the clutch gene. Um and I'm going to tell you right now, I know that they scored runs for him um yesterday but he was awesome <laughs> i mean let's not beat around the bush he pitched seven strong innings and he was dominant he was 99 98 the whole day he was locating he seemed to embrace the moment and you know not to make the kurt Schilling comparison because obviously that would just be silly at this point but at no point did I feel like he tightened up, and at no point did I feel like the moment was too big for him, especially early in the game uh, before the the Sox opened it up. And so, you know, I just don't see how Evaldi doesn't have a big role moving forward. Now, you know, he's you know he probably won't be a Red Sox next year, and all those sorts of things. And he wasn't here at the beginning of the year, and he has the health issues. But you know, that guy walked into Yankee Stadium with the series tied, and everyone thought that the series was le- leaning the Yankees' way, and he shoved it. So, I mean, you know, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I just think that he did everything you could possibly expect from a guy who's not going to let the moment get in his way. Well, here's the bad news. In three of his 12 starts that he did go at least six full, Two out of those three were against the Yankees, so he just owns that team, and you know we saw it again yesterday. Um, but You're with that being that. with that being said, he's still the best option. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just proceeding with caution with him, and my expectations aren't very high. But by default, he has to be the the fourth guy over Erod for sure, and. Um, so hopefully he, he can rise to the occasion. So the question saying. becomes, Terry, and this is where it gets, and I don't have my thoughts yet, so I don't know what I'm going to say, but sales one in five. Price is, I think we can agree, like begrudgingly two and six. Whoever starts game three is theoretically going to start game seven. So who do you want that to be? I mean, probably the safest bet is Porcello because he has a longer track record. Um, He's less likely to completely implode. Um, But, I mean, the way Evaldi pitched, I I feel like the moment won't get in his way. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And and, Go ahead. It's a matter of stuff with him is all I'm saying. I'm not going to ever question him – not being able to do it because he pitched for a few years in New York and he's pitching on a first place team right now that's about to go in the ALDS. So I I like that. It's just he he throws a lot of strikes and and sometimes gets hit really hard. And 
I guess while I'm at it, I mean, I fully agree Rick Porcello is your Game 3 starter. And Game 7, though, because you got to factor in the off days. Hold on. You said you said Porcello in Game 3? Porcello in Game 3, for sure. So you have a, Vol- a Valdi in, in Game 4? Yeah, I would say. Okay. Okay. And then Game 7, though, don't forget, I mean, if Sale pitches Game 5, there's going to be an off day the next day. And then... Um, you know, and then obviously the game six will happen, but he'll come out of the bullpen for at least an inning or two, I would say, in game seven. I mean, game seven, that's like the final game. Two, only two teams get to play that game seven. Oh, no, excuse me, that's the Ales. So four teams get to play it. I'm thinking we're in the World Series. Um, but still, I, he might come out of the – I'm getting ahead of myself. He might get a couple of innings. Like Game sevens are the most intriguing – games in 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 all of sports really and so i you know porcello well they're so they're so unpredictable yeah and 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 because it's the end of the road it's all hands on deck except for the guy probably who pitched game six so you know i i get it um i'm a little bit surprised that you're placing porcello ahead of avaldi just because uh of the performance in the alds and Maybe maybe because Evaldi got such run support, it's it's skewing my opinion of it. But true. I mean, I I think Evaldi has the bigger upside. Yeah, I mean, Porcello's been there. I mean, it's it's dicey either way. I feel like, but also another thing we need to consider is, in you know, you're saying maybe Porcello comes out of the pen in Game One, which is entirely possible. So that could. That could flip flop him and Avoldi no matter what. Anyway, so maybe that puts him does put him in game four. But here's another thing too. To get to game seven against Houston, don't doesn't Chris Sale have to win both games to get there? Because then Avoldi no has to win. Yeah, so it it could go so many different ways, you know. We're, and their rotation can be however they want it. They've been done since yesterday and I think game one is what Saturday. Yeah, it would be yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. The, the NLCS starts Friday. So, NLCS Saturday. So Verlander's game one and five for them. Cole is two and six. Uh, who's that leave? Maybe Morton or who? Who else do they have? Verlander, Keuchel, Morton. Oh, Keuchel. I always forget Keuchel. So he's probably your game three, and then Morton. Yeah. So. They can set it up however they want, and I guess we can too. Really, I mean, sale. Will well, that's be the ready. key. Now, now we because we won tonight, they can set it up however the fuck they want to set it up. Yeah. So. So it's going to be sale Verlander, both times, and Price Cole. I guess at Fenway. That's the key <laughs> at, at Fenway. Fenway Park. And actually, Verlander, that's not his best park. Now that I think about it, he's he's definitely. No, we've gotten... we've had some success. And by the way, to get back to the Holt thing. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to take a stance on Holt. If Holt isn't starting, you're starting second baseman in that game, I have a problem. I mean, he's got, he has to be with the right handers, except for Keiko, obviously left handed guy, but Morton, Verlander. Um, these are hard throwing right handed pitchers that Holt, Holt has the ability to have a success against. And, I'd be, and I, I haven't taken the step, and when we do our regular podcast this week i'll have pulled the numbers by then but 
Holt has to have a bigger role in this series. He just has to. Um, I don't need to see Kinsler against Verlander or Morton. Uh, so that's just where I'm at. I think Holt's going to have a much, much bigger role. So who's your third baseman then? Do you go Devers or Nunez? Against Verlander? It has to be Devers. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's fine. And and, and 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 I'm sorry. As much as like Nunez is an okay player, he has, and I, maybe I'd like to see his WAR, but he stinks defensively, and he's not the same offensive player he was when we acquired him last year. He's not. He he's not hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Devers, Devers gives you a chance on every swing to do something electric. And he's a terrible base runner, and he's probably not an upgrade defensively. Fine. But that guy, and, 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 and it showed in that home run against Chapman last August, was it, uh, on the 3-2 pitch he hit, you know, oppo taco against Chapman on a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. Like, I'm sorry, but Devers has to be in there against every hard-throwing right-handed pitcher. Uh, I like Holt in that series better. Um and and I guess I guess that the third factor is what they're going to do at catching. I mean, obviously, going to start Leon in game one with Sale pitching. Yeah, and I mean Price can't. I mean he struggles with Vasquez, so I, I don't. I, I don't know. That, that'll be interesting. I'll be watching well, that the, intently. Yeah, with the yeah, me too. Uh, and with the three catchers. I think you might see a situation with Leon starting the games with Vasquez technically finishing them so that you, if you get to the point where you have to also pinch hit for Vasquez, you have Swihart, although I don't think they have any interest in Swihart catching defensively late in a close game. But I think you see where Leon is if, – if what you're saying is true, and, I, and I, I technically agree that there are certain pitchers on this roster that want to throw to Leon over, over uh, Vasquez – I see Leon starting games and and Vasquez hitting late and then playing defensively late and and then you also have the the safeguard of Swy- of uh, Swihart being your third catcher. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I'm surprised he's even on the roster. Really, <laughs> you know, he just hasn't been active, and I just I, and I like him. I like him, and I hope he has a future with us, but. It's just hard to hard to imagine. Um, we're you know we're at an hour and ten, so um, I just want to make a couple more observations. Uh, you know I, I know I've bashed core a lot, but I did like the bullpen uh, management today for the most part. Um, Barnes did well. Um, Brazier for the second time in a row got a clean inning, pitched very well. So I'm hoping that stays that way. I know, I know you like to say, well, you know, they're going to come in when we need them, but based on the trends, I I like him to have a a clean inning and and that worked out. And then sale was kind of a surprise. And I was, I was thinking like, I'm like, well, who's it going to be? Because Brazier should be the eighth inning guy. And I'm like, is it going to be Kelly? You know, and I had no idea. And then I wasn't looking it better, at better. It better not be Kelly. Yeah, no, I meant tonight as far as how it went, you know, because it went went Barnes in the sixth, Brazier in the seventh. So I was just trying to figure out who it was going to be. And then I wasn't looking at my TV at the time, but I heard the umpire, uh, not the umpire, the uh, announcer say, and an ominous sign in the bullpen or something like that. And I was waiting for the words David Price to get said. 
And I finally, Never. I finally slowly looked and I'm like, it's Chris Sale. And <laughs> I was like, okay, now it makes perfect sense. And, uh, and then, you know, and of course we, we already discussed it, but I, I think we both wanted Sale to come out in the ninth, didn't happen. And, you know, we almost died, but, um, but look, just quickly on Brazier, I give that guy a ton of credit. Because he sucked in game one. He sucked in game one. We talked about it on this podcast. He was tight. He was yanking fastballs. He was pulling sliders. He had no command. He was The moment was clearly too big for him. And, like, that guy nutted up. He, he came back, and tonight he showed in an elimination game he he had zero fucks but getting people out. Like I, I give him a ton of credit. He was he was a completely different guy. You know, I'm okay with him moving forward. I mean, if that's what he's gonna be in the face of a, what was mostly a failure to come out and done and, and, and pitch the way he pitched and then motion Sanchez back in the box, like, hey, hey, l- listen, you bitch, get back in the box. I'm ready to pitch. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but that, that to me, like, Brazier, I'll go to war with that guy any day. Yeah, and he was pretty good that game. Uh, Nunez had a throwing error, so a runner reached, and then one other weird play happened, which put another runner on, and I think he gave up one run, but it, it wasn't of any consequence, and was solid there, solid tonight. That first game where he sucked, I I think he was the first. He he replaced Chris Sale with with the runner on, and you know, and he just he, you know he didn't have great command, and and you know that game got pretty dicey. I think at least two or three runs scored um, by the time he came out, and then oh Workman took over for him. That's what happened, and then. He put a runner on with the and loaded the bases and oh, that game. This this whole series took uh, probably five well, years look, off my life. Look, here here here's the way I look at it. Okay, Sale was awesome in game one. Well, not awesome, but he was good enough. Yeah, Brazier stunk. Barnes had some problems. We got bailed out with early offense. Brazier came back, and I've already said it. He showed some real toughness. Barnes has been has rebounded and. The Cora has shown some faith in him, and it's been rewarded because he was he's also been good. Kimbrel stunk tonight. I think that was an aberration. I don't think that's what we're going to see in Kimbrel moving forward in the ALCS. And what I've also liked to see is the fact that the starting pitchers, and I've talked about this, Terry, like are you hurt or are you injured? Can you get people out? Are you willing to extend beyond your typical role? And this this pitching staff with sale tonight and porcello in game one they've shown that they're willing to step outside their comfort zone for the betterment of the team and that to me that's a huge factor moving into the alcs where in a seven game series more weird shit can happen this team has already shown that they're willing to to do the odd things to step outside of of their normal roles to step outside of their comfort zone to do what's best for the team and to do it successfully and and it shows some uh you know, I'm more I'm, by nature. I'm more optimistic than you. Uh, I still think the Astros <laughs> are likely to win the ALCS, but I, it shows to me that we there is reason for optimism in this series. Yeah, and that, that's fair enough. I, I don't think we're really that far off. You know, with um, with that series, the lineup, the lineup, the lineup's far off because they they are 
they they have a linear lineup. They can they are going to hit one through through nine better than we are. It's is Mookie is JD, you know whoever hits in the three spot. Are if, they going to hit enough to to manufacture runs? Because the back end of this lineup stinks. Well, if Devers and Holt are in it, I feel a whole lot better about it. Yeah, really you know do. what? Fair. Yeah, and Fair. Steve Pierce, Steve Pierce. You know, Keiko's the only lefty, but I mean. He he came out big tonight, and and uh, you know I think well they also a, may not have a choice because it looks like Moreland's not healthy. Well, he had the hamstring, and if that you know that that takes a while, you know that's a that's a bad injury because it's just nagging, and you know people don't recover through it quickly. And then he did have the knee thing when he slid into that bolt or whatever that was sticking out of the cement. Yeah, one one other yeah. thing on David Price, uh, another observation I made today. I was listening to Alex Cora's uh, interview on WEI because you know it's always on like ten minutes before first pitch, and they asked him. Joe Castiglione asked him, you know, any chance we see Price tonight? And he didn't want to say no. He's like, ah, oh, maybe, but he goes, well, Kimbrel hasn't pitched in a few days, and. You know, Brazier's been doing pretty good, and Barnes hasn't been in there, and it just sounded like he was not interested at all. So I'm just – the only thing I'm wondering there is what his confidence level is in David Price. So we'll, we'll can see. I, can I provide a spoiler alert? What's that? Not good. <laughs> okay. I didn't think so either. And he also referenced – Price came into his office today and says, yeah, I'm good out of the bullpen. And – uh Cora said, "He goes, yeah, yeah I, Terry. If my son, if my son came in and told me he could drive me to work today, he's four <laughs> years old. I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in that in that comment. That's true, but he might be more successful at that than Price is. I don't know. I don't know what the odds are. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. All right, and 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 in fairness, I think I cut you off there, so I apologize for that. But it's not the Yankees." <laughs> no. So, I, and I have two percent optimism out of a scale of zero to a thousand. I have a two percent optimism, you know, but it's not the Yankees. I was there and in twenty fifteen. So maybe, maybe he has a chance against the Astros. I, I doubt it, but no, I don't think so. I, like I said, I, I knew, I knew he was going to be a fraud from the day we signed him. I mean, he was terrible with Toronto. A few weeks before we signed him, and and we won the 2013 World Series in part because David Price handed us Game Two of the ALDS, gave us a two nothing lead, so we didn't really have to sweat that round out for the most part before Detroit. And it just, I just, I hope he opts out. I we'll we'll fight about that on another episode, but um, I think we got what we need. We're both happy. We're gonna. We're going to cover at least four more games here, so um, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll do another show maybe Thursday or Friday with uh, a little bit more organization. Sound good? All right. All right, All man. right, Terry. I appreciate it. Um, you know, thanks for having me, as always. I really do appreciate I, I do enjoy doing these with you. This is the best show I think I've ever done, so I like, I love it. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night, Terry. All right. I am going to get this uploaded to all those apps and then head to bed if I can sleep. Because.
Whew, thought there was going to be a game five on Thursday, and uh, luckily not. So thanks again for tuning in. Also, retweet this Periscope. You can still win. I'll show it off again. I don't know how many of you are still with me, but if you retweet this uh, Periscope here, you could win this shirt. One person will. So, um, so go ahead, give it a give it a retweet, and uh, maybe you'll win it. Actually, you'll get to. It won't necessarily be this one. You'll get to. You'll get to pick which shirt, which color, which style. So um, do that and uh, check out all the stuff that they have on the link at the top of this box. Have a good night, everyone. It's a kind of a family. Sox Nation, it's a kind of insanity, yeah, I live and die with Red Sox right for eternity.